This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, January 14th, 2021. On this day in 1946, serial killer Harold Shipman was born in the United Kingdom. He's believed to have killed over 250 people over the course of decades while practicing medicine. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're discussing the birth of the notorious doctor and serial killer, Harold Shipman, on January 14, 1946. Now let's go back to that afternoon in Bestwood, a suburb of the English town Nottingham. Harold Shipman came into the world as most do, surrounded by loving family. Born into a working-class household, he didn't have an opulent life. His father was a truck driver and spent many days away from his children. Harold had two other siblings, but he was closest to his mother. She acted as his guiding light, shepherding him on through the difficult times. Though she could be overbearing, his mother always pushed her son to do his best. By the time he was in elementary school, Harold was showing flashes of brilliance. When taking a placement test for the next step of his public education, he was placed into the equivalent of a magnet school. With this single achievement, he seemingly set himself on track for a white-collar life. His mother couldn't have been more proud. However, this is where his good fortunes ended. By the age of 17, Harold's mother had been diagnosed with lung cancer. Though she was committed to fighting the disease, the odds weren't good. Over the next several months, he watched, helpless, as his mother's condition worsened. She was in constant pain, lacking the energy to do the things that had once brought her so much joy. To make life more bearable, she started taking doses of prescribed morphine. Harold suppressed his agony as he watched his mother slowly suffer. After months of fighting, she died while he was still just 17. The day she passed away, Harold went out for a run and didn't come back for hours. His heart was broken. Afterward, it's believed he fell into a deep depression. Harold seldom told anyone at school about his mother's passing and learned to keep parts of himself hidden from the world. What started as an outgrowth of grief likely became a dangerous and deceptive part of his personality. To Harold, the only tiny ray of light to come out of his mother's death was his newfound interest in medicine. Though not the top performer in his school, he set his sights on attending a prestigious medical school. He was eventually accepted at the School of Medicine and the University of Leeds, about 70 miles north of his hometown. 
While it couldn't bring his mother back, pursuing a calling as a doctor gave Harold a renewed sense of purpose in the face of his crushing sadness. Details of his schooling are scarce, but we know that most of his classmates saw Harold as unassuming. He often stayed quiet while others with large egos sucked the air out of the room. But secretly, he looked down on those who he felt were inferior intellectually. He'd been built up for a lifetime by his mother. She knew he was special, and he knew it too. One day, while taking the bus back from school, 19-year-old Harold met a 17-year-old farmer's daughter named Primrose. The pair started chatting and quickly hit it off. Within the year, the two of them were engaged, and Primrose was pregnant. Few were in attendance when the couple wed in 1966. Both seemed happy to start a life and a family together. Unfortunately, Harold wasn't completely open with Primrose. Secretly, he still suffered from the sense of loss that came after his mother's death. He carried the pain with him as his family grew and his professional career took off. But these feelings eventually came out, manifesting themselves as evil that no one would be able to believe. Up next, Harold Shipman's life takes a dark turn. Listeners, have you heard the eerie new podcast, Superstitions? Every Wednesday, explore the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow in this mystifying series from Parcast. You do not want to miss it. Each week, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why do black cats represent witchcraft? What's the point of carrying a rabbit's foot around with you? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic or illogical or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On January 14, 1946, serial killer Harold Shipman was born in the United Kingdom. His early life got off to a rocky start. While showing brilliance in school, the death of his mother seemingly crushed his spirit. Searching for new purpose, it's thought that her passing inspired Harold to seek a career in medicine. By 1997, he had set up a private practice in the small English town of Hyde, home to many retirees. Over the years, business boomed. He developed a close relationship with many of his patients, who happily trusted him with their lives. 
On December 9, 1997, five days before his 51st birthday, Harold took a house call to check up on 81-year-old patient Kathleen Wagstaff. There, he found his patient in good condition. She was always happy to see him and eager to make pleasant conversation. But Harold wasn't interested in talking. While claiming to perform routine tests, he secretly injected Kathleen with a large dose of morphine. Within minutes, her heart stopped beating. Later that day, Harold informed Kathleen's family that she had died as a consequence of heart disease. Although no one had suspected Kathleen was sick, they didn't think to question a doctor. They, like most in the community, believed Harold was a wonderful man. He was pleasant and caring with all of his elderly patients. People often saw him walking about town with his four children and loving wife, Primrose. He seemed to be everything one could want from a local doctor. But it was all a facade. If anyone had been paying closer attention to Harold, they might have noticed that a suspicious number of his patients seemed to die suddenly. In fact, the day after Kathleen's death, Harold took another house call to check up on 49-year-old Bianca Pomfret. Her son returned home hours later to find her dead. There were no signs of trauma at all. From her appearance, it seemed like she'd passed from natural causes. Harold later claimed that Pomfret had mentioned mild chest pains before he left, but thought nothing of it at the time. He'd been spinning devious lies like these for years. As the owner of a private practice, he was able to obscure the facts of his patients' deaths when they were presented to the coroner. Since he specialized in taking care of the elderly and those with a terminal illness, nobody asked many questions when his patients suddenly passed away. But after decades of undetected murder, Dr. Harold Shipman eventually slipped. On June 24, 1998, he went to the home of 81-year-old Kathleen Grundy under the pretense of drawing a blood sample. Instead, he injected her with either morphine or diamorphine, also known as heroin. That afternoon, Grundy's family found her dead, sitting fully clothed in a chair. They were heartbroken. Harold later listed her cause of death as old age. Over the next few days, as Grundy's relatives got her effects into order, they noticed something odd. Her will was entirely different than they expected. None of her family members were listed as benefactors. Instead, Harold Shipman was named the sole inheritor of her nearly 400,000-pound estate. With their suspicions aroused, Grundy's family went to the authorities to request an investigation. Days later, authorities exhumed Grundy's body and found traces of the morphine in her system. In his defense, Harold claimed she'd been addicted to codeine and that he had computer records to back it up. However, the family knew those claims were categorically false. When authorities looked deeper, they found Harold had altered the documents after Grundy's passing. 
From there, detectives dug further into his files and found 14 other deceased patients from the previous three years who died under similar circumstances. They arrested Harold for murder on September 7, 1998. Just over a year later, in January of 2000, he was found guilty on 15 counts of murder. A judge sentenced him to life in prison. While Harold was only found guilty of these 15 cases, most experts agree that the true number is likely much higher. They estimate that between 1971, when Harold started practicing medicine, and 1998, it's likely he'd killed upwards of 250 people. No one is quite sure what led Harold to kill, but some theorize that the passing of his mother when he was 17 affected his actions later in life. He'd seen her die a slow death while taking morphine to ease the pain. He possibly viewed his murders as mercy killings. However, we'll never know for sure. Harold denied every allegation in court and remained tight-lipped after the trial. On January 13, 2004, one day before his 58th birthday, he died by apparent suicide in his prison cell. Today, Harold Shipman is considered by many to be the most notorious serial killer in English history, even surpassing Jack the Ripper. The true scope of his crimes may never be known. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you'd like more stories like this, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Medical Murders. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Tyler Walker, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Bennett Logan. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Bad omens, good fortune, pure luck? Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.